Thank you for tuning in to For the People News Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. Today is Tuesday, March 5th, 2019. This is episode four, and the title of this episode is The Biggest Scam in Our History is About to be Revealed. How's everybody doing today on this fine Tuesday? All right, just to hop into the small headlines before we hop into the main one with the biggest scam in American history. Um, Democrats are preparing congressional hearings over Trump saying the term fake news. Now, I find this kind of funny. It's, It's just a way to spend more money. I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, just to put on these hearings to try to prevent him from saying the term fake news. If what he's saying is fake and he's just trying to, you know, be Trump and just have everyone on his side. If what he's saying is not true, why fight it so hard? Why have congressional hearings over a term that a president is using? Makes no sense. It's just a way for them to line their pockets with more cash. Um, another headline is uh, former Obama administration official compares Trump's CPAC speech to Hitler. I mean, really? The only Hitler talk that's coming out of Washington right now is from the left. All the socialism ideas... All these basically communist ideas are coming from the left. Remember, when when Democrats come out and start comparing Trump and people in his administration to Hitler, think Mira. Because they're just trying to push it back on other people on what they're doing. And they're trying to hide it. It's been like this for a while. Long time. And the last uh, small headline before we get into the main one is there is a retail apocalypse happening right now. 465 major store closings were announced in the last 48 hours. And this is not just from one company. This is a couple of different companies. Um, If you go to Stock Week News on Facebook, you will find the article that talks about the Retailers that are closing stores, J.C. Penney's is among them, uh, Victoria's Secret is among them, and there's a few other ones. I don't remember off the top of my head, but if you go to facebook.com slash stockweeknews, you'll find the article there. Need something shipped? Contact First On Site Trucking, LLC, established in May of 2018 by Joe Manella and his wife. They have over 10 years of supply chain and distribution experience and specialize in critical shipments, those that require same-day or next-day delivery within capacity. First On-Site Trucking is registered with the FMCSA and Department of Transportation and are licensed and insured to operate within the continental United States. For more information, go to firstonsitetrucking.com. Once again, that's firstonsitetrucking.com. And uh, without further ado, I want to get into the main uh, headline, the biggest scam in American history. Uh, I'm going to play a clip. I'm going to stop it a few times, talk about it after he uh, gives his uh, examples. 
just just to you know explain my opinion on them a little bit but uh it is about a 15 to 25 minute clip but it's real important that you guys hear this because this is going to explain the whole bob Mueller russian investigation scandal it really is and how that is really fake it's just it's just a show it's a circus to keep everybody's mind occupied off of what's really going on and all the crimes that were committed before trump took office so without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and uh start it And he's he's very right. There is no close second. Um, this is going to be a real great video. I can't wait. I'm just going to go ahead and keep getting into it. Election, the Obama administration, which had done whatever it wants, because the media is the media is lost in this country. Total, there's no media. Uh, forget it. That that that. that that's dead and buried. The media's done. They don't do journalism anymore. It's activism, nothing more, right? The Obama administration... And he said it right there. I mean, so Trump saying fake news, he's actually correct. Because they are activists now. They're not journalists. So they don't get the protection that journalists get. They don't. government against their political enemies and it happened over and over again we had the irs scandal we had the ap phone record scandal the jim rosen fox news scandal and i ask you this what happened to any of the people involved not to mention fast and furious where they were running guns to the mexican cartel people forget about that it's funny how the mainstream media doesn't project any of these headlines they don't they put them out on like a Friday night when everybody's busy, everyone's doing something else, and then it just dies. It's it's like they put a gag order on the journalist. But the journalists are like, yeah, okay, just give us something else. <laughs> Hilarious. The Obama administration had gotten completely comfortable with the idea of abusing government for their political means. So what happens? They, they, this plan gets hatched, and I'm going to be candid with you. Where exactly it's hatched, nobody is yet sure of to this day. Madam yeah, they're not sure where this plan took off from, you know, the ground level. But it sure spiraled out of control real quick, didn't it? Do you know to this day we still have no idea what paragraph one why they started to spy on the Trump team was? Now, I get it. It was for political. I get that. But at some point, somebody, you have to understand, folks, had to put down on paper a semi-legitimate reason to start the most massive spying operation in a political campaign in U.S. history. Do you know nobody to this day will tell you what that is? I know what it is. So part, the first plan they do to, to hit the Trump team, folks, is they learn to manipulate these, these uh, about queries 
in the in the NSA database. The NSA is a database of a whole boatload of information, metadata, texts, that kind of stuff. How it works is too complicated in the time I have. But what you can do is you can query that NSA system and you can get a whole lot of information. But what happens? About this is plan A. This is how they're going to get the information. I hope if I'm not following, please stop me because this is important. The Obama administration figures out that through unmasking, in other words, wiretapping people, pretending they're targeting foreigners, and then querying information in this database, that they can get all the political operation, opposition research in the world that they need against the Trump team. It's beautiful. No one's going to call them out. The media's on their side, right? But there's a good guy in this. There's a white hat. Somebody in the government sniffs this thing out. That's why I tell you, this wasn't plan A. This was the plan. They were going to unmask people, wiretap people, and they were going to query this NSA database and get all the information they needed about the Trump team. But somebody smells a, uh, smells a problem, and he's not having it. And he's the white hat. He's the good guy in this story. And it's Mike Rogers of the NSA. Mike Rogers of the NSA senses that there's something wrong about these about queries. In other words, who's tapping into the database here and making political queries? Now, folks, some of you, I, I don't know what your politics, I assume most of you are conservative, libertarian, or Republican, but that's fine either way. If you doubt any of what I'm telling you, just Google the FISA Intelligence Surveillance Court, their report on about queries. Because Mike Rogers goes to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court and says, Houston, we got a problem. These queries are supposed to follow very specific guidelines about terrorism and, and, and all these metrics. Have to, you can't just spy on Americans in the database. The FISA court looks into it, comes back with a report that was released in March of 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, that is devastating. If you haven't read it, you were do, read it, you are doing yourself a great disservice. Page 80 specifically is horrifying. Apparently, the NSA database was being queried by private contractors working with the FBI. These were not even government officials. So not were they illegally surveilling on American citizens. They had a private company use our government database to spy on these people. I mean... <laughs> That's ridiculous. People within the government were using private contractors to query information they had no, no judicial or legal authority whatsoever to look at. Rogers smells a rat. People panic in the government. Now, conveniently, what happens right after the election? I'm going to put these pieces together and things will start to make sense. Donald Trump's elected. He's the president-elect, right? Ten days after the election, Rogers, who knows this has been going on the whole time, these unmaskings, the tapping of the... Now does the Donald Trump tweet, they tap Trump Tower. Now does it make sense? He got the wording wrong. He didn't understand exactly how it worked, but the idea was not wrong. Donald Trump's not stupid, trust me. Guy got elected president, earned a billion dollars. I love, by the way, I love how these journalists criticize him. Journalists, the guy's making $25,000 a year writing clickbait pieces for BuzzFeed. They're like, Donald Trump's an idiot. Hard pass, brother. Like, well, the, the guy just won the president. He runs for office the first time and he becomes the president. But we're, yeah, yeah, let me listen to Joey Bag of Donuts at BuzzFeed.
Secret Service is just enough time for them to go up the Trump Tower walk of the White House Communications Agency for the president-elect and set up a skiff where they can talk privately, a sensitive compartmentalized information facility. In other words, a place where no one can listen in. Rogers gives it about 10 days, goes up there, has this big meeting with Donald Trump, and what happens the very next day? Donald Trump evacuates Trump Tower and goes to Bedminster, New Jersey to never return for another meeting. You think that was a dink? Like he did that by accident? Oh, let's just go up to Bedminster. I got nothing else to do. Now, again, this is all in the book in intricate detail. The greatest spy story ever told, except the fact that it actually happened. And it happened against you. Rogers has this meeting. Trump evacuates Trump Tower. The very next day, the Obama administration comes out and calls for somebody to be fired. Who's that somebody? Mike Rogers. And they start blaming it on things like drone strikes and other stuff. Like, really? Could you be any more obvious? The Obama administration knows Rogers is the good guy and fills Trump in on this entire debacle. He probably goes up there and said, brother, they're spying on you. Like right now. He doesn't know. But now he does. So he leaves. All of a sudden, people start resigning from the federal government after that. You know who also resigns? Bob Hannigan. Now, who's Bob Hannigan? Bob Hannigan is the head of the uh, GCHQ, which is the British NSA. But why do you think the head of the British NSA would resign right after that Rogers meeting, right after Trump finds out about this massive spying operation? I'm going to tell you why right now. I'm not taking a selfie of you. I'm not taking a selfie myself. I'm going to read to you a headline. This is from CNN. See it right there. I didn't Photoshop this. April 14th, 2017. Remember who Bob Hannigan is. He's the head of the British NSA. British intelligence passed Trump Associates' communications with Russians onto U.S. counterparts. You think I'm making this up? That's CNN. I didn't write it. They wrote that. So not only is the United States government in plan A weaponizing its intelligence community to listen in and computer search the Trump team to hurt them during the campaign for political oppo, they're working with the British and the Australians to pass information about the Trump team onto the Obama administration. Don't take it from me. Take it from CNN. They find out about this. Now, this thing breaks down about halfway through. They move on to plan B. Sorry, there's a lot more to plan A, but I, 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 in the interest of time, I want to get through this because the cleanup operation is important. They move on to plan B. What's plan B? They realize Rogers is on to them. They're like, hey, folks, we better ease up on the unmasking and the tapping into the database. People are getting caught. This is probably not good. We're leaving a massive paper trail. And what if we lose, right? They move on to plan B. They thought all this was going to go away. Hillary was going to become president. It was all going to be swept under the rug. 
But that's not what happened. Trump won. And now they're now they're they're racing to find a solution on how they fix what they did. Cause like you were hearing, they left the paper trail. Okay, it's one thing to do something and not leave no evidence. Okay, you can get away with it. Amen. But when you leave a paper trail, you're asking to get caught. That's you being ignorant. You do something illegal, you cover your tracks. You think that you're in the government, that you don't have to cover your tracks because your person is going to be the president and sweep everything under the rug. It's not what happened. If we can't spy on them illegally, let's just spy on them legally. We have this beautiful thing called the FISA court, where we can walk into the FISA court, we can get a warrant on somebody, and when you get a warrant on somebody in the Trump team, they have this beautiful thing for the Obama administration called the two-hop rule. Well, it's for everyone, not just for Obama. Meaning, if I spy on you, and you're a member of the Trump team, I can hop to everybody you emailed, and then everybody they emailed. So basically, all I need to do is get a FISA warrant on the guy cleaning the floors in Trump Tower, and I've got everyone. Because if he emailed his boss and his boss emailed Don Jr., I get everybody. Beautiful, right? Not really. Because they were stupid. They were dumb. And they screwed up. The problem with the FISA court, unlike the unmaskings and the tapping into the database, is they had to produce actual evidence in front of a judge. There was a judge in a FISA court that needed evidence that the Trump team was working on behalf of a foreign power, but critically doing it in violation of a, at least one U.S. law. Folks, they had nothing. They had zero. Do you understand they, to this day, have absolutely zero, zero, remember, don't do it one, that's a big mistake, media people, you'll be, in a, you'll be a white power person after that, they always do it that way, they had zero evidence at all. What he's talking about there is, uh, he was doing a zero, like the okay symbol, but what he said was, it's a, it's a white power symbol, he's wrong, that's the Illuminati symbol. So he was half right. It's it's still not good to do. So instead of doing it like the OK symbol, he put both his hands together to make a zero. So that's what he was talking about right there. Just wanted to throw that in and let everybody know. Oh, I'm, funny I'm only half kidding. That's how worried I am about the media. They're so crazy these days, right? They had nothing on collusion. Nothing. Zero. So what does the FBI and the, uh, the, the, the State Department and the DOJ do? They say, well, we don't really have any evidence. Let's just make it up. We've got this guy we worked with in the past, this, this guy Christopher Steele. Now I'm going to do something. I'm not taking a selfie again. I'm not taking a picture of you. Don't you worry. I'm going to read to you another headline. You need to write this down because this one's going to blow your mind. Any of you read the dossier? You haven't, right? Not many people have. You should. If you haven't read the dossier, don't you worry, because the dossier was already written back on April 17th of 2007. You're like, ah, oh, what do you mean? I don't get it. In 2017, right? No, 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 no. I didn't get that wrong. It's written right here in the Wall Street Journal on April 17th, 2007. Who's the author of this critical Wall Street Journal piece? 
Glenn Simpson and Mary Jacoby, his wife. Glenn Simpson, the purveyor of Fusion GPS. The article is called, How Lobbyists Helped Ex-Soviets Woo Washington. Folks, I dare you to take a moment and read that piece. Put it next to the dossier. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same story. It was written 11 years ago. Glenn Simpson clearly had this information about Russian influence in Washington. He wrote 10 years ago. Read the names in the article. You know who appears in this article? Paul Manafort. All of these players. So what likely happened after Plan A collapses is they say, listen, let's go to the FISA court and do this legally. But we need evidence. We don't have evidence. Don't worry. Hillary Clinton's got a guy at Fusion GPS, says he's got a story to tell. Ladies and gentlemen, Glenn Simpson took his Wall Street Journal piece like it was a movie script, scratched out the names, put Donald Trump's name in there and said, look, do I got a story for you guys? It's all BS. The whole dossier is crap. Read the article. It's a movie script they recycle. It's a, it's a fairy, it's an Aesop's fable. It's made up. It's a scam. There is not a scintilla of evidence that it's true. Now, the big question on plan B till I move to the mop-up operation, plan C. Now they're in trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. Because they realize the dossier in and of itself is crap. And so, the DNC... Paid Fusion GPS for the fake dossier that's to this day cost us American people $27 million and none of it's true. Nothing. Hello? Money out of our pockets? Ridiculous. it with some stuff to make it a little make it a little harder now's where the michael cohen story comes in trump's lawyer in the dossier is a very specific allegation right that michael cohen trump's lawyer went over to prague to set up this whole information exchange with the russians right well what's the problem michael cohen had never been to prague and his passport proved it where do you think they got that name, Michael Cohen? You're darn right. They probably were in that NSA database looking up a Michael Cohen and they got the wrong guy. I know there's only one Dan Bongino. I can tell you for sure there are a whole lot of Michael Cohens. Are you right? John Smith, John Brown, Cohen. These are common last names. They got the wrong Michael Cohen. So now you should be asking yourself, who the heck was Glenn Simpson dealing with in the government that gave him that name? And how did they get it? Plan B falls apart, too. Plan B falls apart because something happens in November. Donald Trump wins. And they were not expecting that at all. see the light of day not in their lifetimes but make no mistake they know what they did 
They all know what they did. Every single one of them. So they have to move on to Plan C. Plan C, I call it clean up on our four. Now they're in trouble. They know they've got white hats in the government. I know one of them right now that's still in the FBI. That's unquestionably cooperating with this investigation if you know how to read the tea leaves. And if you read the book, you'll figure out who it is. People start cooperating and talking, and now people are panicking. Now does John Brennan's meltdown after the election make sense? He's the head of the intelligence community who, again, another thing for you to Google, but it's all in the book again. Who do you think John Brennan met with right before the election at the, quote, director level as reported on by multiple media outlets? Bob Hannigan, the same guy from the British intelligence agency that quits right after Trump's election. He quits 10 days after and doesn't tell anybody about it. He says, oh, I'm leaving for family reasons. What do you mean? You related to Donald Trump? What do you mean family reasons? Family reasons, you're leaving because Donald Trump got elected. Who also quits? John Carlin. Who's John Carlin? He's the head of the Department of Justice National Security Division, the final division in the Department of Justice to put their John Hancock on the FISA warrant. He quits right after the election. Who did John Carlin work for? Now clean up on our four is going to start to make sense. Who did John Carlin work for before he got there into the DOJ? He's Bob Mueller's chief of staff. He was Bob Mueller's chief. Now does Bob Mueller make sense? Clean up aisle four. Get the mops out. Everybody realizes they're all going down. They faked the FISA warrant. They have been involved in massive unmaskings. Susan Rice, Samantha Power. They have been uh, busted by the FISA court, tapping into the NSA database for about queries. They're, they left a paper trail 65 miles long. Bob Mueller has to clean this whole mess up. Bob Mueller is the only... Do you notice how right away they had the name? So Bob Mueller's old chief of staff, he's the cleanup guy. Bob make listen, make no mistake. Bob Mueller's job right now is one thing and one thing only. Keep the heat on Donald Trump relentlessly for anything. Jaywalking, ripping off mattress tags, combing his hair the wrong way. Keep the attention on Trump no matter what. Because the minute the Bob Mueller thing is dissolved, all of this is going to come out, and it is hell hath no fury. It, folks, they left a paper trail. They can't run from this. Mueller is brought in to get Trump impeached because they don't want any of this to see the light of day. Now, why Mueller? Mueller knows every player involved in this and has intimate connections with all of them. The guy who signs off on the BS FISA warrant, John Carlin, his old chief of staff. His chief bulldog in the case, Andy Weissman. Andrew Weissman worked with Bob Mueller. Andy Weissman was the chief prosecutor on the Enron case when Bob Mueller was the FBI director. Remember the Enron case that they screwed up royally? That's how they know each other. Andy Weissman hates Donald Trump. He's on emails congratulating Sally Yates for telling Donald Trump to go pound sand. Or gets better. Who else does Bob Mueller know? On Bob Mueller's Enron team, it all goes back to Enron. That same Enron team, headed by Andy Weissman, had another lead lawyer on the case. Who was it? Catherine Rumler. Who's Catherine Rumler? 
Obama's White House counsel, who was Obama's lawyer while all of this was going on. They know each other. Now, you may say, fine, so Bob Mueller knows Obama's lawyer while this whole Spygate thing was going on. What's the big deal? You Google George Nader, Daily Beast, you can read an article today. It just popped today before we showed up. One of Bob Mueller's lead cooperators in this case, who's been selling out members of the Trump team from day one, is a guy named George Nader. Who's George Nader's lawyer? Catherine Rumbler, Obama's White House counsel and Bob Mueller's buddy. The lawyer for the lead witness in this case feeding information to Mueller is Obama's White House counsel, otherwise known as the fixer. She fixed everything for them. She was involved in Benghazi. She was involved in the IRS. She was involved in the Secret Service scandal. Just Google her name, put in any one of those things, and who's the person giving the statement? Catherine Rumler. Who was also on that Enron task force? Lisa Monaco. Barack Obama's Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor in the White House while all of this was going on. They all know each other. Finally, and I'll take some questions. Your final piece to the cleanup on aisle four operation. Who else does Bob Mueller know? Who now has judicial, excuse me, legislative, uh, uh, who has control over this, I should say, right now in the Department of Justice, right? Rod Rosenstein, right? Because Sessions had recused himself, now Whitaker's in there, uh, which was a good appointment, right? A case happens a little while ago, the 10X case. It's around 2015 or so. It happens in Maryland. I'm familiar with it because I worked in Maryland as a Secret Service agent in Baltimore. I wasn't involved in that case at all, but I know the office well. The 10X case goes down in Maryland. The 10X case, a cooperator for the United States government paid $50,000 by the FBI comes to the FBI with some troubling information that the Russians are helping the Iranians build their nuclear program and that there's a company helping Russians get a hold of our uranium. It's called the 10X case. It was the precursor to something you may have heard about, the Uranium One operation. The same players are involved. The case gets uh, gets thrown out on a, on, a, on a BS press release on a Friday night so nobody will pay attention. Everybody's gag-ordered, and it all goes away. That the Obama administration, an FBI paid informant, admitted that we were given the Russians uranium while they were building the Iranian nuclear program and chanting death to America. Who was the lead prosecutor on that 10X case, the precursor to Uranium One? Rod Rosenstein. And who's the FBI director? Bob Mueller. Folks, they all know each other. Is your business in need of help with marketing or advertising? If so, contact Destination A Marketing and Productions. They specialize in the creation, marketing, and managing of websites, social media accounts, SEO accounts, and video production. Contact Destination 8 Marketing and Productions today at destination 8 marketing at gmail.com or call 912-409-6443. Once again, that's destination 8 marketing at gmail.com or call 912-409-6443. So that's it for today. Remember to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash for the people NN. Leave your comments. And thank you for tuning in to For the People News Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. We'll see you next time. Thank you.